us sports moms have something to say. Yes, we do. We'll have a chance to interview across the board from athletes to the parents to the coaches to even the trainers. Yeah. And we're not afraid to share our journey. We're not afraid to tell other moms what we went through in order to raise up a student athlete. So I believe that it's inspirational. Yeah. We're able to tell our story, the good and the bad. Yeah. We can give back positive information. Absolutely. You know, we can empower them. Yeah, I think it's time for the mothers to be a voice. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. It's time for us to, to let you know what's going on. Ladies, it's Karen at Can We Talk Sports. What's going on? I got my other host. Stacy, was I next? <laughs> Mama D? We can't, where did Mama D go? We can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. There you go, Mama D. Carmen, a.k.a. Mama D. <laughs> 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 oh man, there you go. There you go. My mic. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no problem. What y'all got going on, y'all? What's going on? Man, a sister is getting ready to turn 50. Yes. 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 I've been working out and getting ready and, um, you know, just looking forward to it. You have so a big party. Can't have big parties no more, but are you gonna celebrate? Yeah. I'm gonna celebrate, but I'm not gonna have a big party. So okay. um, you know, with COVID and things going on, you have to kind of do a little things differently. But yes. I'm definitely gonna do something exciting and memorable. Yes. <laughs> you when only have 50 once, baby. I know. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. When is it? It is November the fifth. I am a Scorpio. Okay. Wow. Yes. All right, so we got a um, little less than a month to uh, bring it all together. Maybe we can log in some kind of virtual party or something. Yes. Yes. yes, so we can have a birthday toast. That would be nice. Oh, yeah, that would be good. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people, they're, they're doing a lot of online things. You know, we had like a little yeah. girlfriend, all our girlfriends from California. We just came on and did a little catching up. You know, right. it was good. Right. That's fun. I know people are putting like cash apps down, so I'm gonna make sure I put my cash out. <laughs> you can cash at me. Just you know, in case. Thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's. And I saw the Lakers yeah. won tonight. A lot of yes. people are happy about that. Yes. Oh, the Lakers. Mm -hmm. All oh. right. That's oh, the first Phillip's time. Not happy about that. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Philip. <laughs> So, I mean, LeBron's came. I mean, it, did they win because of LeBron? He's just making his little Every round. Person. Every place he goes, he's, he's uh, bringing the championships. He I is. wonder where he's going to go next. Right. No, I think he's going to stay put, actually. I, I, think, I think with his, like, endeavors and, you know, the... Like, like the film industry? Yeah, the entertainment and everything. Mm -hmm. I think that's where he wants to be. So I think yeah. he's gonna. I oh, think he's gonna no. stay put. I think he'll mm -hmm. retire there. 
Yeah. Or go back home. One of the two. Uh, Dwayne said LeBron. Okay, Dwayne. <laughs> so, ladies, uh, since COVID-19, I have gained 20 COVID pounds. So, really? tomorrow, I am starting a demon diet. It's literally uh -oh. called demon diet. What is that? No. Tell us about it. We need I to know. I don't demon diet. I know. I didn't even like the name. I was just like demon. You know, Look, I, I would just you know, change it to angel and keep on going. Right, right, right. Angel right. diet. Here we go. Angel diet. I hope I turn into an angel. I mean, right. not really an angel, but body wise, right? Angel figure, like, like angel food cake. Like, right, like, right. Yeah. You just gotta start walking. I know I've lost probably about ten or fifteen pounds walking. Walking. And yeah, just walking and um, just staying consistent. You know, and you don't want to. You don't want to deprive yourself too much. That's one thing I would tell my clients is if you deprive yourself too much, then that's when you cheat and you fall off because you're like, uh -huh. you can't keep up, you know? Right. So just start something that you can complete and finish and then do what you enjoy to do. That helps too. So Stacey, okay. you said clients. So are you... Um, I did personal about. training for you. So yes, yeah, so I did personal training for years and fitness competitions. So uh -huh. still now with my business, I'll help people with wellness. Um, you know, just what to eat, walking, exercising. So, yeah, so I'll do that every once in a while. Now I'm just trying to work on me because it gets harder as you get older. <laughs> oh, I know. It was. I mean, you I know. know. You hear, you hear about you know calories in, calories out. Mm -hmm. But then, if you don't eat enough food, then you throw your body into starvation. It's like this. That's true. It's crazy. So this little diet mm -hmm. it gives you four meals. So I start with two eggs and a great food and some berries and then mm -hmm. like you know i'll have it, it the food I'm, I'm not doing any pork or beef so the food okay. i'll be eating is like chicken and green beans and fish and green beans and okay. um you know spinach not all vegetables so it, it gives you like four meals and then you can have um um some nuts, and then you have one yeah, yeah. day a week, like every Tuesday, which is a carb day. You have that one day, then the other days are low carb. So mm -hmm. my thing is I start and stop a lot of things. And so I'm just, I want to start something and complete it. Right. And I want to work on discipline, you know, discipline myself. And so mm -hmm. me and my husband's gonna do it and hopefully incorporate water other than yeah, water is important. And walking. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh -huh. And then I do intermittent fasting, which has helped a lot. So I mm -hmm. eat 12, you know, those eight hours and then 12 hours off. So I'll eat from either 12 to 8 or 11 to 7. Mm -hmm. And then I don't eat anything after that. So that really does help to flatten your tummy. It helps to speed up your metabolism. It helps with your craving of sweets because I'm a, I'm, I have a sweet tooth. I love my Reese cuts and chocolate. Like, you give me some chocolate cake or a birthday cake, like, I'm definitely going to have birthday cake. Cake. <laughs> cake, that's, cake. Cake. That's my downfall is cake. Mine too. Like, I love oh, cake. I will skip dinner and just eat cake. Me too. Which is I not good. Dessert. Not good. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. um, my gym is, is probably about 20 minutes away, and I would try to get up early and go to the gym, and it just wasn't working out. And then COVID came, and it just, mm -hmm. it just didn't mm -hmm. work. But they just they just opened um, 
won the same gym about five minutes from my house. So I'm going to start getting up early, mm -hmm. going to the gym early, yeah. getting home. Because I start work at 7, so I have to go. Oh, you got to go like at 4.30. Mm -hmm. But you feel so much better. If you started early, it's done. Yes. That way you don't have an excuse once work is over. Oh, I'm tired. You know, I don't have time. And it just really boosts your metabolism. And it takes that energy throughout the day, too. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now you said intermittent fat, uh, fasting helps. Intermittent fasting, your yes. Stomach. It does. It it yes. It flattens uh -huh. the stomach. That is the Ooh. one thing you know that's pretty fast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The snap back, honey. <laughs> that's what I need. The yes. stomach. I'm like, yes. somebody can I can just go get life or such and just take my stomach. <laughs> that's probably yeah. fifty pounds right there. That's hard. That's, okay. the, that's the hardest part for us, our stomach and our thighs yes. for women, you know, and I don't care at what age that's, you know, that's your, depending on your body type, you know, uh -huh. so, um, but the intermittent fasting really does help attack the fat, you know, and to, you know, attack the fat cells. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. So I'll talk, I'll be talking to you. I'm gonna help you on your journey, girl. You got me now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And I want to, um, I know you do something with uh, little girls and stuff. So I, I think I, I want to be my grandbaby. I don't know what age you start, um, but I. Ten. She, How old is she? She's eight. Okay. Well, she she, if she's mature enough, yeah, we can like, you know, because what we talk about is really consistency. How, you know, why do they make up their bed? Um, why, you know, they have to tell themselves five things that they love about, you know, about themselves every day. Their affirmations. I have affirmations on my wall, you know, so it's starting them to really that self-confidence of, you know, when you have that self-confidence and you tell yourself who you are, then the outside world can't tell you. You know what I mean? That doesn't affect you because I know right. who I am. So right. I'm actually coming out with a journal um, this month. It's a 30-day Believe It journal for girls. It takes them 30 days of consistency and building that self-esteem. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that will be, yeah. So I'll make sure to let you know about that. Okay, yes, yes. And then you, since COVID, you just kind of like uh, talk to them through Zoom? Or, or we do Zoom. So it will be, so the course will be over Zoom. I go through the journal with them and we'll go through the whole 30 days, writing goals, setting goals. What does that look like? Um, building up their affirmations, how they talk to themselves. And a lot of my girls in camp, you know, they kind of brought out the girl boss in them. So they developed lipstick lines or, you know, the lip gloss lines and painting and stuff. So it was neat to see them discover that inner box, you know, yeah. at such a young age. That's good. That is good. I mean, you know, this is the time that this kind of stuff is happening because they can't go anywhere. And right. so most of them are at home being bored. So it's, uh -huh. I mean, the best time to make that mind thinking so right. coming up with things that they can um, yeah. create. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, and be entrepreneurs for them to understand there's gifts inside of each of us and how yes. we tap into those passions and give that passion purpose. And so once they realize they can make money with the things they enjoy doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, we went to the farmer's market yesterday and there's this little girl there selling her lemonade. And just because she was really pretty, had a little pretty dress and a bow. And so, you know, everybody was buying lemonade. I love right? it. Because everybody's like, oh, she's right? so cute. If the lemonade was nasty, she would still make the money. <laughs> <laughs> right. She said she didn't have the money to go on a trip, uh, some kind of trip that they were 
raising money for it. So it was like, okay, I'm buying two. You know, so oh, it, was, it was wonderful. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. How was your Tulsa trip? You were in Tulsa. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I got a chance to interview Carlton Pearson. I was, and so that was very, nice. very interesting. And so it's just amazing, you know. Sometimes you don't see why you're interviewing that person, but when you do, they make another co connection or another puzzle piece fits in. So it just so happened the place that I interviewed him at, uh, that church was the first church that um, wanted to uh, kind of pay the survivors of the race riot. And they were the first church that black and white uh, worshiped together. And then that church was the guy, he owned a tribute who wrote the story about the race riot. And so now, I need to interview that pastor because they have a lot of history that's connected to the race riot. And then I interviewed oh, wow, the lady. We, we're trying to interview all the businesses on that street. And I interviewed one lady and she wanted to tell me about a mayor uh, in Tulsa maybe 10 years ago. She issued the first apology to the survivors. So I'm not. I'm like, oh, okay, wow. I need to interview her. And so I said, that is just amazing. He just keep bringing little puzzle pieces yes. to fit this big puzzle. Uh -huh. And so uh -huh. uh, it, was, it was really, really good. So I think I'm good uh -huh. for the winner. Um, you know, if any more interviews, it will probably be, um, I'll let them interview, but I'm done with traveling right now, you know, doing the, yeah. the season. Yeah. And so now I'm just going to work on creating a trailer um, that I can kind of pitch and hopefully okay. get somebody to want to want to invest in it. That's good. Good. Yeah. I, I look forward to it. Keep me posted. Yes. And so, thank you for the happy birthday shout out. Shout out. Um, what was that, Billy? <laughs> thank you. That's my uncle. I got two oh, uncles uncle up here. here. Oh, okay. Billy thank you, uncle, for the birthday shout out. Hey. <laughs> Okay, ladies. Well, I'm excited about our guest tonight. I um I purposely put his whole resume on the sheet, and I'm just yes. like, oh, wow, he's he's yes. done it all. So I'm excited to welcome to the show, Coach Burks. Okay. Hello, my name is Diallo Burks Sr. As a former player for 13 years. I have experience in various professional football leagues that has allowed me the opportunity to learn different strategies, techniques, and skills needed to excel on the pro level. My path entering into professional football was one that was a long shot, but yet it instilled in me a greater appreciation for the game and the process of being a professional. Being selected in the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship will allow me to share my experiences and knowledge of the game that hopefully will bring value to the organization and players. As I strive to better myself as a coach, it is my goal to gain as much knowledge as possible from the most elite coaches and work with the best football players in the world. And the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship Program will give me that opportunity to do so. I have a strong work ethic, loyalty to the team, and winning mindset. I know that I would be an asset to an organization. My commitment to my goal is unyielding, and I believe that I have the qualities to be a successful NFL coach. 
I am thankful for the opportunity to be a part of the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship Program and being able to serve your organization. Thank you. Wow. Welcome, Coach. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How you guys doing? Good. How are you? Have you on here? Good. Good. Great. Happy to be here. So, Coach, um, like I was telling the ladies that um, your information is long. I was like, I need to, I just want them to see everything he's been involved in. It's like you have been a part of every football league that there is. Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 I am. <laughs> you know, it's one thing when, when, when you're doing something just for the fun of it, but this is my passion. I mean, ever since I was growing up, um, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Um, I mean, it's funny that you say that because I was just telling some of my players the other day is that when the grass was cut, I loved the way it smelled. So mm -hmm. I knew that was, you know, the arena that I wanted to be in. Wow. Like so that. take us back a little bit. So tell us, you know, uh, growing up, how did you even get into football? Did you have your dad or brothers and sisters just take us back on the journey? <laughs> uh, this is, you guys are going to enjoy this one. Um, I grew up in LaGrange, Georgia. Um, I was one that was a late bloomer. Um, I only played really two years of, of high school football. Um, I was on the team when I was on rec league, but I never played. I never played in middle school. Um, I set the bench. And so I grew up with um, my younger brother um, with me and my mom. And so we would play catch in the yard and, and all that because she was an athlete. She was a, you know, heck of a softball player. And, um, you know, she knew her sports. But um, her and my dad split when I was in first grade. And, um, my stepdad, who's now um, deceased, ended up um, getting into some activity that, you know, he shouldn't have been involved in. And he ended up leaving us when I was in the um, eighth grade for 13 years. And so it was just us three. And so um, through, the, through, through that time in high school, like I say, you know, regularly, my mom was always there. Even though I wasn't playing, she was always in the stands. And so um, my senior year, my junior and senior year was the years that I played. And so we ended up winning the state national championship my senior year. And, um, you know, at the end of that year, what's equivalent to today's high school athlete, I only had three offers. I only had three, three offers. And uh, one of them was a full scholarship to a school, which was Eastern Kentucky, that did not throw the ball. And my position was a wide receiver. And so the other two schools was Tuskegee and um, North Alabama, um, which were smaller schools. And, you know, of course, everybody wants to go to the big schools. And so I chose Eastern Kentucky um, because my high school position coach went there. As well. And um, everything else just, just took off. I mean, everything was new to me. Um, the drive was new. And so um, I went through those four years and, um, you know, did the best I could. I was a leader on the team um, at my position, uh, which gave me an opportunity to um, 
catapulted into the NFL from there. So uh, my journey was one to where I was, you know, I was a long shot. I was a long shot and, and a lot of people didn't give me, give me a chance. And so I had to fight for everything that I, that I've earned. And so um, once I got into the professional ranks, even from there, I was undrafted, went as a free agent um, from a tryout, from a tryout. And so um, I was able to learn the business from the ground up. And um, like I say, you know, I knew I was good in other things, but football was my passion. And so I wanted to go until, you know, I couldn't go anymore. And um, that's why you see, you know, the different leagues and, and things like that um, that I played in. Um, I just wanted to be around the game. And so that's where where I am today as a high school coach. Wow, that's good. Wow. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. yes. Because, that's you know, you hear kids who are have been groomed, played football from four years old or three years old, all the way through. And here it is that you played two years. Mm -hmm. Two uh, years. I, I, I have to say that was God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, most definitely, most definitely, and and the only way I got on the field then because we have a guy um, that's from Lagrange, and when you think of Lagrange, uh, it's country. It's about forty-five minutes south of Atlanta, but we have twenty-one professional football players that that's out of Lagrange. Wow! From from oh, my high school, yeah, from my high school. Wow! Got a documentary right there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we That's 21. a good number. And so wow. Walter Harris was 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 um my high school teammate and like I said we graduated together. But he ended up getting hurt our last year. He ended up getting hurt and missing five games. And so I had to fill in for him on the defensive side of the ball. And I wasn't a defensive player at all because I wasn't gonna tackle nobody. I was only a hundred five pounds and um you know that wasn't my mindset. Now, if you throw, right, right, you throw it, I'm gonna pick it. But as right. far as not, no, that that right. was not. Um, yeah. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I just said this is my opportunity, so I, I took full advantage of it. Mm. You know, I have a question because right now my son's a free agent. He um, went to Notre Dame for three years, graduated, and then went to SMU, and so COVID happened. You have a lot of guys that are at home. How do you, um, how, what would you say to them to keep them encouraged? And I saw with you playing in all these different leagues, I was telling him, I said, there's so many different ways to get in now. What, what, what would you tell, you know, the guys now that are at home that's such a strange year for the NFL? Okay. I will, I will ask them, you know, really one question. What are you doing? You, if you, if you are at home, what, what are you doing while you're at home? Uh, because I've been in that position too. Uh, two years, you know, into the league, uh, I was cut by the Eagles, and I landed myself at home. And uh, you know, I had a lot of influences. I sat around a lot, wasn't on my, um, you know, daily plan. Uh, and a lot of guys don't understand that this is a job. Even though we're good at it, even though we're passionate about it, this is a job. And so. With any job, you have to stay up on your skills. You continue to have to network and um, get your name out there. And, and the way that I came up, that's what I learned. 
Um, I never knew anything about networking when I was in college. I, I didn't understand that. Um, nobody talked about that. Nobody talked about networking in high school. But in today's game, you have to stay relevant. Your name has to stay relevant because there's so many guys that they're pulling from. They're pulling from guys overseas now. They're yeah. not just in the United States. So your mindset has to go global. You just can't go within the United States. You have to go global. And so okay. if you want to be one of those 3,150 um, NFL players, that means you have to be special. You have to be special. And you just have to stay up on um, your craft. Um, mm-hmm. You have to work out, you know, two to three times a day. You have to watch yeah. film. You have to, uh, you know, keep your body right because at any moment you could get that call and you right. want to be ready. You, you want right. you ready. And, um, you know, like I said, I made some mistakes before by not being ready um, and not taking it as serious. And at these times, you find out who's serious about it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You find out if this is really what you want to do or not. Right. For 13 years, I lived out of two duffel bags. Wow. Two, two big duffel bag trunks because... At any day you can get cut, at any day you can get called or come. So you have to be ready to move. And it's it's funny, like I said, I talked to a lot of guys today and they just cannot see that perspective. They they, Mm -hmm. they can't see it. But um, once they get in that position and it happens to them, that's Mm -hmm. when, you know, but you have to be ready to go at the drop of a hat. Okay. Okay. So he's working out and he is packed. Yeah, he's packed. Back and ready to go. Working out every day. So that's now, does, okay. does he have an does he have an agent? He does have an agent. He does. Okay. Now mm-hmm. this is another thing. The agent works for him. He does not work for the agent. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna say that again because a lot of players think that because their agent have certain players that uh they have to check in with, with them. No, you're paying this guy. Mm-hmm. Or, or lady, you are, you are paying them. They work for you, so he should be getting updated weekly on what's going on. Weekly mm-hmm. on what's going on. What teams have you called? What's the right. interest? Because he is his own corporation. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. This is his business. So right, you have to manage his business. And a lot of guys just don't feel comfortable doing it because, like I say, our thing is we just want to get to the field. We just right. want to get to the field. We don't care about nothing else in between that. And that's where a lot of guys lose out is the in-between. Right. That's good. Uh-huh. So, Coach Burks, um, I didn't even know there was an NFL Europe. So, mm-hmm. for these kids who are not, are, are maybe waiting for the NFL to open back up or are maybe falling a little short of the NFL. How do they go about getting the information about NFL Europe and how do they expose themselves? Okay. Position themselves. Well, NFL Europe is um, closed down. They, Mm. they they shut the league down and that's what's hard about our profession. um, That there's not a lot of leagues that outside of the NFL that you can play in. You have, Mm Um, arena, which is now small ball, and then you have the Canadian League. But the Canadian League, you only get so many Americans that can go over. So, even tougher. Um, They have the XFL that's getting ready to come back out in 2021. 
And um, I played in the first startup XFL league. And uh, like I said, those opportunities are the ones that, that really give guys the, the perspective on what professional ball is like. Um, but it's a little different because you're not dealing with a lot of the politics that you would deal with in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to get filmed. Guys that's not in the NFL, their biggest problem is their ego. Their ego gets in the way and they feel that I can't go and play. I don't need to go and play in that league because I'm better than that. Well, if you're sitting around for a year and these guys haven't seen you, um, chances are you're not going to get picked. You're not going to get mm-hmm. picked because you have to continue to hone your skills and they want to see you play. Like I said, you have to stay relevant. That's good. That is. So when you were in Europe, where did you play in Europe? I played um, in Dusseldorf, Germany. With oh. the, the team was Ryan Fox. Spoken Sie Deutsch? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> you don't speak German. that? You don't speak German? <laughs> uh, you didn't learn no, any German when you were there? None at all. <laughs> Mama D, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I went over there for two seasons. Uh-huh. Two seasons. And the first season, like I say, I was on an ego trip. And mm-hmm. I felt that I was better than a lot of the guys that was over there um, coming from the NFL. Like I said, you don't want to be looked upon as, as being the bottom of the barrel. And when you go to other leagues like that, okay, you, you have that mindset that you're not in the top echelon of athletes. And um, the first year, I wasted I'm not going to lie. I wasted my opportunity because I was in myself. Yeah. Once I got um, back home and realized, I just had to ask myself, Diallo, what is it that you want to do? If this is what you want to do, you have to open yourself up and you got to go and get it. And so first year, never came out of my room, went to practice, went to the game, and that was it. Um, The second year, um, me and my wife was just getting back together. Uh, which is another story uh, okay. uh, because we divorced after my rookie year. We got married the day um, when I got out of school, got out of college, like mm-hmm. I out of a dorm room Friday, Saturday, I was walking down the aisle, never fell wow. for anything. So I was out of a dorm room into a house. Wow. And that Friday was when the Philadelphia Eagles called. So they called the day before I got married. After four four months of waiting, where I didn't hear nothing from no NFL team, so I thought my 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 chance was over. Mm-hmm. I was prepared to finish my degree and work at Foot Locker. Those were my standards. Wow! And they ended up calling, and um, they knew I was getting married. We went and got married. Came back from my honeymoon. From that point, I was working out, getting ready to go to the league for a workout. And like I said, when I got up there, they ended up keeping me. And here, you know, my wife is in Kentucky and I'm in Philadelphia. So uh, different lifestyle change. Everything was, you know, here you go. And um, right. I squandered it. I squandered yeah, that rookie it. season is hard. Uh-huh. It is. That rookie it is. season being married. And, yes. and I didn't have anyone to tell me this is how it goes. Mm-hmm. I found it all out myself. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, we did that. I was married. My um, my first husband played at Ohio State, 
and we dated and then he went pro. And like you talk about that rookie season was difficult. <laughs> like, yeah. was like what's happening. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it because it, you, you're not ready for that coming out of college. No. All no. the everything yeah. that's being handed to you, you know, the lifestyle, the money, mm-hmm. the people. Mm-hmm. The women mm-hmm. yeah. coming out. Oh, honey. Right. It, it, it's, mm. it's, it's attention. Um, you know, a lot of it is just, um, you know, you're in the spotlight. You're in the spotlight. And like you said, Miss um, Stacy, you know, he went to a prestigious university, Ohio State. That's top of the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got guys coming from Jackson State. You got guys coming from, you know, Tuskegee, Eastern Kentucky. We're not prepared for that, for the atmosphere. We're not playing in front of, you know, 100,000 people. So to go from playing, you know, in front of 14,000 to, you know, 80,000 people and they want your autograph is you have to be prepared for that. You know, you really have to be prepared. And, uh, you know, a lot of colleges and universities are not preparing those guys. Right. The off the field deal. Mm -hmm. There needs to be a book for introduction. And that's we have a college. I have a college football mom's group. And that's one of the things that we do. We have 1,500, 1,600 moms, and we focus on that entrance into college and their exit, that transition, because mm-hmm. we've been there, you know, mm-hmm. and like you said, getting them with mentors that can prepare them for what's next, because there's nothing that can pre- prepare you for that except someone that has been there and can, right. you know, right. help. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly mm-hmm. right. You know, you got to have that blueprint. That, you know, knowledge is the key. Yeah. Is the key, and yeah. I wouldn't have stepped in a lot of the holes that I stepped in if I would have just knew. Um, mm-hmm. But like I say, it's a business, and you know you have to surround yourself with people who can put you um, on the right path. And like I say, if you don't know, how do you do it? How do you do it if you don't know? That's true. But they paying you millions. You better figure it out. They expect you to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so that agent should be helping too. The oh, agent yeah. should be helping yeah. you figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when I ask guys when they're selecting agents, um, it's not about the name of the agent and who the agent is. I want to talk to the guys who he's representing. I want to talk to Absolutely. the top athlete that he has. And I want to oh, talk to right. the, the, the least. Yes, the guy at the mm-hmm. bottom to just see what is his work ethic like? What is, you know, his programs like? Because, you know, you negotiate my contract. Okay, are we getting full value? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, you're assessing me just like I'm assessing you. What are my weaknesses? What do mm-hmm. I need to work on? Do you have something where I can go and, and take a public speaking class? You know, can, can you help mm-hmm. me out with that? And those are the first rounders. The first mm-hmm. round, they're going to have that. But if you're a free agent, seventh round, sixth round, that's not yeah. about to happen. You better figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's true. Wow, this is so good, you guys. Let's go ahead and uh, take and let Big Mamas come in, and then okay. we're gonna continue this interview. This is this is you giving us some good information. I know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm taking notes. Really good. Taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Big Mama? Wait, I can hardly hear y'all. I'm good. 
You guys can hear me good? Yeah. Yes. Oh, everything is everything. How are you yes. ladies tonight? We're good. Good. Good, awesome. good deal. I know you're good, honey. Got your Kobe shirt on. <laughs> Do. West side. Do. <laughs> yes, yes, it. yes. So I'm ready tonight. I have a couple of things that I want to share with you ladies. Um, we'll start first with, uh, yeah, you see the t-shirt right there. Give you too much of it, but um, the West Coast is the best coast. So shout out to the Lakers, uh, their championship on tonight. Um, they did it in six. I really wanted them to do it in seven, uh, but hey, it's a win. It's the finals. Um, yeah, LeBron is the MVP, but, um, you know, Big Mama really likes us some Anthony Davis. So I was looking for AD to be, he's my MVP, but, um, that's it. That's all. Just, uh, those Lakers are really doing their thing. Um, now everybody knows Big Mama and knows Big Mama is not at all a Cowboy fan. But I have some prayers for Dak tonight. Oh man, I'm telling you, it was awful. Um, what we saw today. Um, so prayers out to him uh, for a quick recovery. Um, you know, it it was devastating to watch and to see. Um, but, you know, it, it, sometimes it happens in the game. But definitely praying for uh, Dak to get through what's going on. Um, but on to another note, uh, them dirty birds, to my understanding, uh, the coach got fired. Now, Coach Quinn, I don't put all that blame on you, but it's the game. It was. It's what's happening. Uh, it's all a part of what's going on. So you know, I don't know if the coach is gonna make a difference. You know, as we saw that Jason Garrett left. I don't know if it's gonna make a difference. I'm telling you, it's gonna take a lot more. But um, we'll see what happened with the Dirty Birds. They went down today again. Um, so I just keep my eye on everybody. But at the end of the day, everybody knows that Big Mama is a Who That fan. So uh, shout out to New Orleans. Uh, tomorrow night is our spotlight night. We'll be on um, Monday Night Football. But we're going to be without Michael Thomas. Because, Michael, you got some foolishness going on. You're fighting your teammate at practice. Baby, let me tell you something. You can always find some OP. You heard it from Big Mama. Stop acting like that. Now, there you are. You already had an injury. Now you're out, not because of the injury, because you were kind of coming back from that. But now you got some 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 BS going on. Don't do that. Don't do that. If you got these issues, call Big Mama. We can talk about it. I can get you through this. Man, stop. You're messing up your money. Don't mess up your money about a girl and what she doing and who she doing it with. But um, those are the last things that I have for tonight. But too, usually I have a little quote or something for the athletes, for our student athletes. But I just want to encourage the coaches. You know, coaching through COVID is, is definitely uh, – probably the most difficult thing that you've ever had to do uh, is the difference when you're coaching in the regular season. But now you have uh, these athletes that are dealing with a whole lot of other things going on with COVID and whatever transition is going on at home in their families or what have you. So shout out to the coaches. 
keep doing what you do, you do make a difference. So that's all Big Mama has for tonight, ladies. Um, I will see you guys next Sunday. Oh, Big Mama. Okay. <laughs> okay, you guys. Okay, okay. Who are the dirty birds? I don't know. Oh, the falcons. Oh, the falcons. Okay. The dirty birds. The falcons. Right. Yes. I thought that. Michael Thomas called me. Don't be fighting over no girl. Don't mess up your money. No. This is your job. Like Coach Bird said. Like, yeah. And it's. It's fleeting, like it doesn't last long. Yes. So why mess yourself up? Right. You need to tell her, girl. Mm -mm. Yeah. So you got to go. That's who they need, Coach. Right. They need somebody to get the girls deuces. Out. Be like, okay, now. Out. You gotta go. Right. Mm -hmm. You got to stay focused. Yeah. So, Coach Burke, you have to finish telling us, did you and your wife get back together? Or what happened? Oh, we're 24 years and four kids strong now. Oh, that's oh. wonderful. Yeah, 24 years. That's we wonderful. So, did she come to Germany? She did. She did. She did. Good for her. You know, my thing was, is, is uh, I grew up in the church and um, it's funny because when I went to college, all of my pretty much morals and values went out of the window. <laughs> I went to church four times in four years while I was, mm. and I was used to going every every Sunday. So you lost yourself. Oh yes, I did. I did, and like I said, when I got to Philadelphia, um, went through that. Um, uh, I filed for divorce. That I have everything, so you can have it all. I I don't need it. Um, and I get it back. And so not only did I lose her, I lost my position. Um, and I ended up, you know, back here in LaGrange, you know, at my mom's house. Wow. And mm -hmm. um, I ended up start working a job in a factory from being on NBC two weeks before to now I'm working in a factory. Mm -hmm. I have my degree, then mm -hmm. have a degree. And so, um, you know, I needed that experience. And so I landed in a position where I'm in a one room bedroom and I'm looking like, man, how did I end up here? And mm -hmm. so it was a choice that I had to make at that point. What mm -hmm. did I want to do? Did I want to continue down that path, you know, of, of partying where my money was running out um, or get back on that horse and continue on the journey that I started? And so I just mm -hmm. start back, went back to church and um, that's where it started and started reading my Bible every night. And, um, you know, things start happening slower and slower. Um, ended up talking back to her through a friend and, um, she put me through the ringer now. She put me through the ringer. Cause you deserved it. I knew, knew y'all would say that. I knew y'all would say that. But, um, but, but I was working 60 hours. I was working mm. hours a week. On top of working out, trying to get back, and then on the weekends, I would drive seven and a half hours to Paducah, Kentucky, to see her for one day. And I did for five months straight. And she said, if you're doing this, I know you're serious. I love it. So wow. I, yeah. 
And uh, God ended up giving, giving it back to me. You know, I just had to show my faithfulness. Not only to yeah. him. Mm. Oh, my God. I had to humble you, girl, though. Yes. Yes. Ate a little bit of humble pie, and then at the end, it ended up tasting good. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I I told her we got to eat for 75 more years. I told her. (laughs) 93, 94, we sitting in that rocking chair. Right. (laughs) Right. But she's a good one. She is. She's been through a lot. She supported um, me. through those different leagues, that was it was that was tough. Um, then we got kids, and once the kids came, um, you know, I really had to make a decision. And the kids came the latter part of my career, mm-hmm. um, and so you know, I made a promise to her that I wasn't going to do them like my daddy did me, which was a you know pretty much abandon them. And so um, you know, we ended up making it work. I missed my daughter, my first daughter, um, as she was born. Because I was put in a situation in Carolina to where um, I was told that if you go to see your boy, your daughter being, you know, born, you won't have a job when you get back. So I had to choose. I had to choose. And she was good. Our first child, she told me, stay there and you better make it work. So mm-hmm. made it work. Mm-hmm. So Coach Burke, my, my oldest daughter, she played professional volleyball in Germany. But she actually loved Germany. Like she really embraced it, learned German, actually went back a few years later and studied, um, perfected her German and her mm-hmm. French. But she loved Europe. Now, so how city, did you feel about the city and where were you in Germany? Now, the, um, we were, we weren't in the city of, of Dusseldorf. We was kind of in mm-hmm. the outskirts. They wanted to put us out there so we wouldn't get in trouble. Um, but I'm going to tell you the second year I was there, well, we lived it up. Me mm-hmm. and we got on the bullet train and we went to Paris. Um, you know, yes. Barcelona, we, 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 we lived it up. Um, when I went in Burger King and I saw them selling hot wings, I knew, I said, you know, this could be a spot for me. <laughs> yeah, it was different. It, it was, it was different. Wow. I said, yeah. I said, I've never seen this before. And Burger King, Burger but, King. But yeah, wow. the shopping. You know, of course, she loved the shopping, and mm-hmm. um, I didn't engage into that because um, of what I had did the, the previous year. So I had enough to roll. Right. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I was just there, locked in to play football. And mm-hmm. my gift to her was, hey, you come over from time to time and, you know, you enjoy yourself. This, this is not about me. This is about, you know, you, you know, me, you know, letting you do what you want to do and you having fun. I like to see her have fun. You know, yeah. I, okay. I like that. That's, That's nice. good. Now, Dusseldorf, East Germany or West Germany? I have no clue. So was it close to, where did you fly into? Was it close to Frankfurt or? Frankfurt. 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 So I I, I like Frankfurt because they had Popeyes. So we didn't have. (laughs) They speak a lot of English in Frankfurt too. They do. Did you take the ICE, the train, the ICE? It was the train. They call it the bullet train. That's. Yeah. You get to that quick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said, I, I don't know. I have no idea. You were just yeah, there. I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't feed into it that that deep. 
because I knew I wasn't going to stay there. I was trying to get back to other places. Right. Right. <laughs> but, I have a question. What's going to happen? So your goal is to be an NFL coach? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you know they basically sleep <laughs> at the facility. Yes. So your yes. wife seems like she's been prepared for that. So have you had that conversation about if you become an NFL coach, how that time away again is going to be? Well, I started coaching in 2004, and um, while I was still playing um, arena, arena was a spring league, and so I was able to coach high school and then go and play in the spring. Um, and so once I started coaching, you know, she saw what it was like and, and all of that. But, you know, the thing that she's come to realize now that our kids are older, uh, my older two are in college, um, I don't in her senior year at Charleston Southern, um, who's getting ready to graduate in the spring. Our son is at Florida College in Tampa, um, who's a freshman. And so we have a 10th grader, and then we have um, our son, Cam, who is in the fourth grade. So um, they are transitioning out of the house now. Um, the thing about pros is you have months off. You have months off. So we'll get a chance to you know really have um, family time compared to college. College is you're pretty much 24 hours a day because you have to recruit. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to recruit. You just have to make sure your guys play or you end up like, you know, some of the coaches that you saw today get fired. Um, but it, it's a high pressure, you know, job. Um, you know, I love it because my passion is to, I want to work with the best athletes in the world if I can. You know, that, that's what I want to do. And um, those would give us that family dynamic more than college would. And college pays. It, it pays. But the the pro level would, you know, give us that family dynamic that we want. Because you had that time off. That's true. Yes. That's good. Mm -hmm. Now, um, now you. Was, I want to go back a little bit because I, I want to know where did the passion come from? You were saying that you only paid two years. I mean, what was it that you were looking at that gave you that passion to want to play the sport? Okay, all right. Uh, well, I never was the you know biggest. I was always a frail, skinny, skinny kid, but I could. I was athletic. Uh, baseball was my sport. That was asked me where I was going. Baseball was my sport until I got in high school. I played for my ninth grade and, and sophomore year. And at the end of my sophomore year, we had a freshman kid come in and the head coach gave him my jersey number with no explanation, just gave it to me. And so at that point, I quit baseball and I went and ran track. Um, but when we won the state national championship my senior year, that's when it kind of started getting ingrained in me that, hey, you can you can do this. Because I did some things that was unheard of. I had 10 interceptions and didn't start for five games. You oh, wow. that. And so, um, you know, the work picked up. And like I said, you know, got the scholarship offer. And, um, you know, my back was always against the wall. You know, in high school, mm -hmm. I told that I wasn't good enough to play. I mean, these were from coaches. Coaches told me this. And so mm. my mindset is I'm going to prove you wrong. So I did it in high school. Well, got to college and 
you know, Eastern Kentucky don't throw the football. Um, they running back you. Uh, you know, we very seldom have a professional football player come out of here. But that year, my senior year, we had a uh, projected first-round tight end, uh, Jason Dunn, who brought all the scouts to campus. And once mm-hmm. again, I saw an opportunity there. I'm like, you ain't nothing to leave me here. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> go. And so I went and worked out with him on his pro day and, um, you know, turned some heads. I ended up having the fastest um, L drill time from anybody who worked out that year. And so yeah. two tools that um, they like, you know, I was tall, fast, and um, ended up running. But, you know, most of my passion came from people telling me that I couldn't do it. And mm-hmm. I knew that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Underdog. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like when you said that, you know, your coach told you that. Now, you're a coach now. Was that a reverse psychology to tell a kid, oh, you know, you can't play in order for them to show you they can play? Or was that just flat out mean of a coach to say that to you? Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to pick up at that time, especially a kid who don't have a lot of self-confidence. And that was me. Um, you know, like I said, I never was looked upon as one of the great athletes of the school um, who could help the team out. So, like I said, I was on the bench. I was on the bench. And, you know, when he said that, my mindset was that, okay, you never played, and this is what he's saying. So you are trash in his eyes. That's how I took it. Mm. Um, but it came full circle because my first head, well, my second head coaching um, high school job was at my high school, and I'm the first black head coach we ever had. And so I took over after the coach who told me that. Mm. Who, I was at a whole nother school, a whole nother school. Um, And so he asked me to come back and and take the job because the kids were, quote unquote, in his mind, out of control. Um, And so um, it is, like I say, some things happen that, you know, as a coach today, I would never tell a kid that because I know how a kid can prove you wrong. And I don't want to be on his success story on the other side. This, right. this right. is why I made it. Right. On the know? wrong side of right. six. Right, right. Yeah. So so my, my job is to encourage. I, I, I'm, you know, that's one of the assets that I think that's really good about me motivating and encouraging because I like to dig deep. You know, I, I make most of my players quit. If you don't quit on my sport, then you ain't trying to play. And I say that because once I get them in that zone, now i peel back all the layers. Now I got the true player. Mm. I find open because I'm going I'm to challenge you because the adversity that you're going to play in certain atmospheres, you know, uh, certain positions, certain competitions, you have to set your mind and you have to be able to handle that in a comfortable manner. So I want to put you in the worst situations possible to prep you to, to handle those situations. Mm-hmm. Good. That's good. Absolutely. Yeah, mindset is everything. That was me. I'm 5'3", and I played college basketball. And I think, you know, people look at me because they're like, you don't look like you can hoop, but put my hair in a ponytail, throw on some sneakers, and I'm going to do you up. Okay? It's going down. 
But literally, I come, I came from the place of being 5'3". They're like, oh, you should go to a smaller university. And I ended up going to the University of Michigan. You know, point guard, started, captain, all of that. But I also, I fed off of so many people telling me what I couldn't do because I was too small. And that was actually my nickname was Too Small McCall. But mm-hmm. so I get that. You know, that drove me to just keep going to, you know, what I believe. In. So that's mm-hmm. good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, you look at guys today, you know, either you're at the top or you're at the bottom. There was really no middle. And so mm-hmm. challenge the guys at the top. They say, how can you coach, you know, the ones who are at the top? Well, do they know how to lose it? You know, as a top athlete, do you understand how it is to lose your position? So now I'm coaching from a focus that everything has to be perfect with you, that you cannot lose. If you slip, right. this guy behind you going to get it. Now, the one right. the they're easy to coach. They're easy to coach because they don't have anything to lose. Right. 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 Blend those You're right. realities. And now that's when you're going to have something special. Right. Right. If me at the top, somebody's always working to try to get there. Somebody oh, yeah. always has a position. Mm-hmm. You know? That's right. That's you, do, right. You, have to, you have to figure out how to push yourself because, especially if you're at the top, how do you keep growing? Because mm-hmm. these people are going trying to catch up to you. You know? Mm-hmm. So, that's yeah. good. And that perspective, you know, I really want to um, teach my guys and, you know, anybody who I coach or I'm around because I mentor a lot of kids that's not even on my team, um, you know, that's in the city. We have three high schools here, and I'm pretty much working with, you know, a lot of kids from all three high schools. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they say that I'm recruiting. I'm not doing that. Um, you know, my thing is your job is to get out of here. So I've been to the top. A lot of coaches mm-hmm. have been to the top. So, of course, yeah. their kid is going to gravitate to me. You. No, yeah, they want to know, how did you do how it? Did you, how did you I, do it? Yes, what do I need to do? So, my style is, I come from a professional standpoint, is, first of all, everything has to be aligned. Your character has to be good. Your grades have to be good. If your grades are not A's and B's, don't talk to me. Right. Mm-hmm. You just go in there and sit down and you can get a C. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, that's not being the best because now when you are competing for a scholarship versus someone, not, not at the division one level, because division one gives you straight athletic. But what if you're that kid that falls into a division two or NAIA school and now your grades are factored in. Okay. Now we're talking about money from the school because the athletic program can only give you so much. Right. So how yeah. do you supplement the rest so that mom and dad don't have to come out of their pocket? So mm-hmm. I need A's. I need those A's. So now we can get those academic scholarships. Mm-hmm. So with me, everything has to be in line. A lot of guys say, Coach, you so doggone nitpicky. And <laughs> no, if you've been through my walk, that you know, if you get out of the car wrong, you will get cut. Your mentality goes to that. I've seen that. Mm-hmm. You know, guys get cut as soon as they walk through the door in the facility. You know, Coach, yeah. say, okay, we got to make a decision between two guys. The first mm-hmm. through the door is the one who's going to get the job. Mm-hmm. I've been on the other side of the table. I've seen this. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm on the edge. I want you to be on the edge because mm-hmm. once you get comfortable, that's when you lose. Right. That's true. That's true. So how did you walk away? I mean, not walk away. How did you know that, okay, my season is over. It's time for me to transition. Okay. Um, a big part. Hard. 
yeah, a big part of that was 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 my family. Um, my kids were uh, right around third, fourth grade. Um, my oldest was, and, and the rest of them were small. And the big thing with me was that um, I didn't want to practice. When it got hard for me to go to practice, and I just looked forward to the games, that's mm -hmm. when I knew something was okay, it, it, it's changing. And I'm not one to, to steal money. I, I, can't, I can't do that. When you say steal money, guys who played, if you're an athlete, uh -huh. you know stealing money, you're just going in and you're just playing. Everything else doesn't even matter. So I couldn't do that. I respected the game too much that I couldn't put myself and my resume in that position. So um, in 2008, like well, actually six. I had already started transitioning because I was playing in the spring, so I was able to coach college ball in the fall um, and go to school. Starting in 2006, um, at Lagrange College here in my hometown. So I was working as a GA and I was playing at the same time while going to school with my with my kids. You know, wow. that was with me. That's a lot. Determination. <laughs> You know, but I put myself in that position. You know, at Eastern, I left there with a 1.9 GPA. I was a straight football player. That was it. I, I signed a, I signed a mm -hmm. football scholarship. It didn't have anything to do with grades. I was strictly a football player, and this is why. And as a coach, you have to be careful and a parent about what you say to kids. My first semester there, I had a 4.0 GPA my first semester. Going into my second semester, I ended up pledging Alpha Fire Alpha, so it kind of dropped a little bit. And <laughs> uh, I went to my coach and sat down at the end of spring ball, and I said, Coach, I would like to stay here in summer school to get ahead so that I can graduate. It wasn't that I was failing. I wasn't failing. I had a um, a 3.2. I just wanted to did not want to come to Lagrange. And I knew being around Division One athletes, that's what they did. They stayed in school around. And he told me, he said, he said, D, he said, I only pay for guys school who need to get eligible. That's what, what he said. That's it. I only pay for guys summer school who need to get eligible. He didn't explain nothing else. So how I took that was that I'm just here to play football. And like I said, I didn't have a lot of self-esteem. So fell right into that boat that I knew what I was here for, and that was to play football. Wow. Mm. Well, basically, that's what he was saying when he said that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Face-to-face. Face, totally. Never play um, football. And I played it, too, to the T. That is That in space. I live for that. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> was, and, and, and when I say that, I mean... I would have great intentions of going to class. I'm like walking to class, book bag on. And if somebody walks down the hall and shows me a deck of cards, uh -uh. I'm right around and it's on. <laughs> uh, it's you on. class for a spade game? Yes. You, yes. <laughs> I told you I'm a professional. You, hey, everything top yeah. of the, especially if I've lost the night before, I have to get that win back. It was competitive, so you got to go back for the win. I got to get it. I gotta get it. <laughs> Wait, do you play Biz Wiz? I do. I, 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 
I do now. I got the Apple phone, and and uh-huh. uh, I I I didn't play for years because my mom played it, and she was like, "Well, once you do biz with, you're gonna forget all about space." I'm like, "Oh, right. Right. oh no!" Now, yeah, I'm every night, every night. Mm-hmm. Will you please put that down? Biz. <laughs> Wow. So you that you that competitive, like if you walk into the mailbox, you gotta you gonna kinda like go to the Yeah. Right. We and we walking up the steps and we're trying to run up the steps. Right. Yeah. 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 Down. yeah, I'm gonna down. <laughs> yes. Yes. See certain things I just can't do with my wife because she's competitive too. Me too. Oh she, yeah. She's oh, an occupational therapist and um she is. She played softball, had a softball scholarship, but she transitioned into the educational world. So if you look at it, you would think she's just straight books. You know, she's a, she's a nerd, but she is super competitive, super. I love and it. we just can't do that with 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 each other. We're yeah. we gonna get to Oregon. I'm not talking to you for three days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just don't do that. You can't. Yeah. You, you try to bait bait me too. No, I'm. Mm-hmm. I, you are. So. No, no, no. Mm-mm. Not doing like, that. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. I already know. And we keep I'm gonna let you in and you go ahead. I'm gonna let you in, but yeah. If I challenge it, it's gonna be a problem. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I was about to ask you what you do outside of coaching, but I guess it's playing spades. Hey. Now now I am a I'm a movie watcher. I love movies. Um What's your favorite movie? TV shows. If you got seven seasons, I'm gonna watch every last one of them. Okay. That's that's it. That's what we do. You know, we'll, we'll sit down. We'll because we go so much. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when I leave in the morning, it's dark. When I get home, it's dark. So mm-hmm. you get time like that. Um, you know, we we're not moving. We we're not moving. And uh, you know, we 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 love our church. Uh, we read. We do our family Bible studies together. Like I said, this is I've never done before. You know, never saw, never saw that. Um, and so we try to have those those family dynamics. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome because I think what gets lost is sometimes as a coach, you're the leader of your team. And sometimes they forget that you're also the leader of your home. And that's mm-hmm. the most important leadership right there starting mm-hmm. in your home. Mm-hmm. Because your kids and your wife can be affected by that. So that's so awesome that you are on top of all those. Yes, I got a great I got a great assistant head coach. She's a great assistant head coach that constantly, constantly reminds me when I slip. Yeah. Let, let me not pray one morning. Yeah. Accountability. I love it. It, it. it is. It is. I hate it. It gets on my nerves. <laughs> I know what she is. So if you don't pray one morning, what she say? How she handle that? What, well, she gonna let it go for about two days. She she gonna let it go for about two days. Then she gonna remind me. You know you we we hadn't even prayed in three days. <laughs> we haven't done days. that. We haven't done that. And as and she always get me with this as the leader of the house. I'm like, right, oh, right. You just you just mm-hmm. wait till you do something. I'm gonna definitely remind you, and she knows that. <laughs> she she knows it. She knows. Oh, it. Wow. I love. That. She's right. She's right. She she's right. You know, and um, we spend so much time as coaches investing in the other kids. 
Mm-hmm. The shirt off my back to one of my players if they don't have it. Mm-hmm. It's, we, it's easy to miss in your own house. It's very mm-hmm. easy to miss. And uh, my oldest son actually played for me um, his freshman year, you know, and his sophomore year, um, we wasn't that good. And he wanted to quit. I'm like, you are my son. Are you talking about quitting the team? Are you serious? <laughs> and and uh, yes. And so we had some conversations to where he was like, you know, you don't understand the pressures I'm going through, of, you know, being your son, you professional player and all. I'm like, that's what you want. I'm like, that's what you want. Mm-hmm. But from his perspective, it was in his domain, his group, nobody had a father and a mother. Mm-hmm. So so he was on the outskirts. He was like right. the minority of the group. You know? mm-hmm. And so he wanted to fit in with the other kids. So he did wow. dumb he did dumb stuff. And my thing was you hear me talk to these other kids. They are getting a message. You're in my own house, but you are not getting a message. And my, mm. my, I said, hey, hold up now. Hold up. You, you're wrong for saying that because are you loving him? Mm. To ask him what he wants. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants. And when I asked him that, he told me, he said, I just want you to be daddy. Mm-hmm. Right. I do not know not how. coach. Mm-hmm. Yes, not, and it's tough. It's tough mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. being coach. You know, mm-hmm. you want them to be perfect. You want yes. to do something. I'm gonna say something. Well, you're coach, mm-hmm. and right. you know, my wife said, just try to be silent. Don't say anything. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, it don't warrant a response. Just be mm-hmm. quiet. Mm-hmm. And so. That, it, it was tough because I'm like, man, you just had a horrible game and you had <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you me what I, like you did. I'm but like, you know what? Man, man, I really like how you look, how you dress. <laughs> you Your uniform was clean. <laughs> wow. Well, it but is. You know, My sometimes... dad coached me growing up. It's hard. It can be it is, hard. It is. It is. It sometimes... is. At the dinner table, yeah. Being silent is the hardest thing. And sometimes you just, sometimes I just have to say, okay, Lord, just, just close my mouth for me. Right. Because right. 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 that's hard to just be silent. I don't want them to miss out. My, mm-hmm. my fear is I don't want my kids to miss nothing. Okay. Because like I said, he has mama. He got daddy here in the house. I didn't have that. So a lot of holes I stepped in, I had to step in and then didn't know. I knew it was a hole there, but I didn't know I wasn't supposed to step in it. So I was going to go in and see what mm-hmm. happened. I don't want them to do that or go through that. So that's why I, say I can't be silent. You know, I'm a, I'm accountable for having you. So I'm going to make sure you get all the knowledge. And three days when he went to school, it took three days, he called me because I wasn't going to call him. I said, you in school? You're going to figure this thing out. I've been talking for 18 years. You get ready to figure it out. Mm-hmm. He called me three days after when he said, Daddy, he said, I just want to let you know I understand everything that you were saying. Wow. I'm like, all the hell you done put us through. <laughs> but see, it had to you understand? Works. It had to come from somebody else. And once it came yeah. from somebody else, then he realized 
all of this my daddy was trying to pour into me, it, it was right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And being a professional athlete, you know, I now see that it was a lot of pressure on him, you know, because he got into situations and he got out because of who I was. You know, now you have to get out because of who you are. You're going to go and set your own path. It ain't going to be bad. Dad's not anymore. It's on you. Uh, so he used me for some perks now. He, he knew when to use it. He knew when to play them jokers. Right. He knew when to play them jokers. Right. 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 I love it. I love it. I love it. Co- Coach, we probably could talk all night. I really, really appreciate you coming on and sharing with us. I got one more thing. What's the nicest thing you ever said to a referee? I don't mess with. I don't mess with the referees. <laughs> That's right. I don't. I That's do not. Right. I do leave them. Mess, I do. Leave them alone. I got leave in trouble alone. for not saying enough to the referees. Oh. I had a trainer who came and said, "You, you need to speak up more." And my thing is, I need the referees on my side. Mm, I need, absolutely. I'm not trying to ruffle their feathers because, like I said, I'm a different coach where I am. I'm, I'm different. I'm a black coach. So I want all the factors on my side. I don't want nothing going against me. And mm. then, you know, it's a representation of, you know, that I'm giving off to my players. Okay. Because they watch it. I mean, they are yeah. watching. They'll watch. Mm-hmm. If I'm telling you not to lose your head, what do I look like going and losing my head? Mm. Play this thing comfortable. Okay. You have a job to do. If you get it right, you get it right, you get it wrong. I never seen a coach make a referee change a call on the football field. Right. <laughs> right. I've never seen that. Right. And I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Me voicing my opinion, mm-hmm. it, it, it don't mean anything. I'm I'm just losing air, so I'm trying right. to save all of that that I can. I need that right. on the back. Right. So, Coach Burt, I'm a volleyball official, and I can tell you, we're there. We're supposed to be neutral, like we're not even supposed to. We're supposed to be invisible, pretty much. We're just supposed to be keep, keeping control of what's going on, but it really is not to your advantage to make one of us mad, like. Right. I, I just don't see that helping your cause. Right. I will come after you, though. I, I can see that. <laughs> I will give you the business. Uh, <laughs> no, it's... it's like, Frank, I just give you the look. Like, like uh, okay. and oh, I, I know. You know, like I said, I want all factors on my side. You know, if it comes down to something small that's going to help me win a game, you know, I, I, I need all of that. I don't want to give nothing away because I'm telling them do not lose um, a ball game for something that you can control. Mm. If, mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to lose because that joke on the other side is just clearly better than us mm-hmm. right. because of a 15 yard penalty, because you want to push and lose your head and fight with a helmet on. You ain't right. nothing. <laughs> right. that you're tough. So, right. so no, no, no. No, I want to. I want to be a, a good representation, you know, for my guys um, and girls. Um, because I'm gonna say this: uh, when I say they watch you, they watch you. And uh, like I say, I'm a firm believer, you know, as as a Christian, that you know, hey, if I'm leading, 
I'm, I'm, I'm held accountable to a higher level. My mm-hmm. wife walked out there on the field one day and, you know, we was having probably a terrible practice. And usually when she comes on the field, you know, she said, okay, this is what you got to do after practice. Pick up somebody. I'm picking up somebody. Okay. <laughs> Then I, then I give her a kiss and, and, you know, she go on just real quick, but she don't like to bother me. Um, but one day she came out there and I said, okay, I got it and went on. One of the boys, the players said, um, when we brought it up, I said, coach, you didn't kiss your wife today. Like, <laughs> They've been watching. I'm like, you little. But I, but I but I and, and that moment let me knew that wherever you go, you better make sure that you're on point. Whether oh. you store, I'm not walking down the wine aisle. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk by it slowly from the top or the bottom. And I'm gonna look, but I'm not walking down the aisle. Right. I feel if I walk down the aisle, I'm putting myself in a position that if somebody else walks through my players, oh, coach, you you drinking? Mm-hmm. So if I do, I go to it. I go other place. Me and my wife, we go out, but out of town. Yes, we don't, we don't, we don't do it here. That's good. That's good. Held to a higher standard, right? Yes, right. have to. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Make sure you kiss your wife every single time because somebody's right. watching. <laughs> well, I try to, and she don't. You know, <laughs> she don't want to act right sometimes. But- <laughs> That's okay. So that's all. I try to believe me. I try. Yeah, sometimes it's our fault. I get it. Right? Sometimes we don't do something. That's going to be the next segment. Tell me how. I don't understand that. (laughs) I'm trying to love you. I'm trying to love you. Right. Sometimes we just need a timeout. Right. Just like you took those three days before you you prayed, and she it took three days for her to remind you. Sometimes she just needs three days. Like she 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 just needs that. Okay, she just need, needs that time out. Like see, just, see, just you know, Jesus is gonna go to bed mad. So <laughs> that's, that's true. That's snap true. back, snap back. I can help you any way I need to. I got you. I got you. <laughs> You can stay mad, but I'm not gonna stay mad. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We good. That's how we mess up the blood. Right, right. If I want to tick her off, I just kiss on the forehead. Right. Yeah, she hates that. <laughs> like you giving me a daughter kiss? That's a daughter kiss. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, this has been great. We probably could talk all night. Right. But thank you, Coach Curtis, for coming on. We really appreciate Hey, you guys, before we close, I just want to let our um, people know that's watching this. We want you to like and share this video. Also, where we are trying to take this show to another level, we have a GoFundMe page that's in this link. If you would like to give a donation, $5, one $10, whatever, to help us with our website and our marketing, feel free to donate, you guys. We appreciate you guys for supporting us. We're coming up on a one-year anniversary that we've been doing this, doing it strong. And so 
we're going to take a break and we're going to come out with new branding and website and all that kind of stuff. And so that's the purpose of the GoFundMe. You know, if you want to sow a seed in what we're doing, the voices of mom, giving the voices of mom a platform to come and feel comfortable and talking about their story. That's what we're doing here. So you guys, I appreciate you guys coming on. You guys got any parting shots before we go? No, that was good. No, I that was it. it was great. It was a good, really good. All right then. All right, Coach. So, are, are you guys playing, or uh, your season is it? Um, yes, yes, we're we're playing. Um, we're four and zero right now, so we'll be <gasps> on. and we'll come back the, the following week and play. So, yeah, we're full steam ahead. All Have right. a great season. Yes. Yeah. Best of luck. Yes, and, and, and healing. I mean, uh, that God will cover you guys through doing this COVID-19. We just lift you guys up. And we just want to thank you for being that example for our kids. I really do see that, that that's what you are. So yeah. we really appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Invite me back. This is I love this. Invite we me want back. you to bring your wife on too. We might Yeah, we had a coach's wife session. You know what? I do that. I would I would love to do that. I would love to do that, you know, because like I say, when I do an interview, is it's very seldom unless I really have to do it. I like for my players to do it and let them get the get yeah. that shine. And for her to be put in a position like that, that would really give points to me. You know, so I need, <laughs> I need Look, We want to get you some points. We're going to get you some help. points. We're going to get you a kiss you. every day. Yeah. Yeah. That points get you further than the forehead. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, coach. Well, we'll reach out to you when we uh come back from the winter break, and maybe okay. you and your uh you and your wife can come on the show. That would yeah. be great because we yeah. do, we we have talked to other coaches' wives, and so we do understand that they are holding down the house, you know, while yeah. you guys are doing what you're doing with these kids, and so their voices is important too. So that that's gonna be a great show. <laughs> yes, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna yeah we're gonna pump it up now. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, this has been Can We Talk Sports, and I'm Karen, your host, and my other hosts, Stacy and Carmen, aka Mama D. All right. Good night, you guys. Good night. Bye bye.